0: Live and local across the system and South
1: Cambridgeshire.
0: This is Lee Chambers.
1: Cambridge 105 Radio. We are speaking of poetry today to my guest, JS Watts, South Cambridgeshire Poet, talking about her new poetry collection underword good morning. Good morning to you, Lee. Actually, I'll put your microphone up and then we can all hear you say good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you again, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it's JS, it's your writing name, but I can call you Jackie. You can, although I do kind of like JS because I hope that people
0: might be inspired to go and look me up and if they look me up as... Jackie, they won't find me. But is they that, yes, yeah. is that
1: why you went, JS? It's just more, it stands out more. Uh, no, that's a long
0: story to do with some rather unreconstructed male editors back in the 80s and 90s. I was getting lots and lots of rejections, as you do as a writer, but the weird thing was I was getting all these nice letters saying, we really loved your poetry, so unusual for a woman. We really loved your use of words. Really quite striking for a lady poetess, which kind of had me um, cringing slightly. And there was so much reference to my gender that I thought, I wonder if. So I started submitting under my initials, which are JS, and suddenly I started getting accepted. And I didn't get any more comments about lady poetess.
1: Goodness me. Mm. Yes, uh, I mean, we all know about, the obviously, the famous ones, uh, George mm. Eliot and mm. Acton, Ellis and Curabell of the yeah. Brontes, but yeah, I thought that had died out. So had I, but back in
0: the 80s, which dates me, and 90s, uh, admittedly they were very mature editors, they were at the old age, age range, but no, I was getting some interesting comments, so I started submitting as, as J.S. Watts and constructed my biography so it didn't give away what gender I was that's when I started to get published and then obviously once you start to get published you keep the name going so hence professionally I am JS Watts. And why was it poetry for you? Um, It hasn't just been poetry for me Uh, why it was poetry I don't really know it's always something that's just connected Um, I used to think it had a lot to do with support at school they always said they liked my poems And I could think back to, I must have been about age seven or eight, and the school had entered one of my poems into a local library competition. I don't think I won, but I think I came second, and it struck me that this was good. But my mother, as is the way of mothers, says, no, you were writing poetry long before then. I have got A copy of your first ever poem this is blackmail material we're talking about so it's well (laughs) hidden um which you wrote when you were four and you were supposed to write a brief prayer for school assembly and you came up with a poem about trees so presumably there was something in me at four
1: because i could barely hold a pencil and write my own name that that resonated to poetry and i've been writing it ever since yes writing ever since and and here we are under words what what number collection is this then
0: Uh, It's the third full collection, but the fifth poetry book, because I've had three collections, uh, Cats and Other Myths, and Years Ago You Coloured Me being the first two, and Underwood being number three. Uh, But then I've got two pamphlets out, Songs of Steelyard Sue, which acquired a lot of awards, which was nice, and The Submerged Sea. So, Third full poetry collection, fifth poetry book.
1: And often collections have a a theme to Mm -hmm. them. Does this one have a theme? This
0: one is uh, very heavily themed. Um, It's not the lightest of themes. It's basically about death. Um, So it looks at death from all sorts of angles, both positive and negative. Um, Basically... Death is our one last taboo. We don't like to talk about it. We use euphemisms, somebody passed on or a pet has crossed the Rainbow Bridge, but they've died. And Being very blunt about it, it's the one thing we're all guaranteed to do. Yes, it's one thing we have in common, isn't it? we're all going to die. Um, So it does explore death from all its angles. And to give it a little bit of shape, I'm loosely, and with the emphasis on loose here, uh, following the narrative arc of the story of Orpheus and the underworld. So Orpheus is this famous musician who deeply loves his wife, but she dies. He follows her down into hell to rescue her. He does rescue her, he brings her back, but is told there's one thing he mustn't do, which is turn round and look at her on the way out. Um, what does he do? He turns around and looks at her, and she crumbles into dust. So he loses the love of his life, then goes on, has various other adventures, and ends up very dead himself, having been torn limb from limb by some, I think they were minads, not quite sure on my Greek mythology there, and ends up floating down a river in pieces. A cheerful story.
1: <laughs> it's very festive. <laughs> uh, well, let's hear some. Let's hear some uh, poems uh, with, with uh, as you say, a kind of trigger warning that these are about a subject that some people may find challenging. Well, I'm actually going to start with a,
0: a more positive one because, as said, the, the the arc for what it is follows the story of Orpheus. So this is more of a love poem than a death poem, and it's called. It is like breathing. It is like breathing the thought going in and out with the softness, the softness going in and out with the breath. I feel your consciousness flicker like sun moats on a lapping pond, your joy dancing with mine, flesh to flesh, silence to silence. I cannot find the words to liberate its echo, but the quiet smiles softly telling me I have no need to. I run with its peace, inhaling your warmth, the fresh golden-flecked scent of green afternoons spent in silent sunlight across dancing waters in the shared simplicity of almost
1: inaudible breath. And you're going to read another one now? If you'd like another one, yes, I please. can do.
0: Um, I've chosen this one, this definitely is about death, it's about graves, but it's about Cambridgeshire graves, so it's about the Bartlow Hills down near Linton, which, probably ought to explain, are Roman burial mounds around the back of a slightly more modern, but still very old, Anglican church. The poem is called Bartlow Hills. Carry me gently to Bartlow All the dead sleep soundly there Raise me towards the bright sky on high green hills, smooth, steep-sided, earth-born hives buzzing bone-deep with silence. Let Gog and Magog whisper farewell across the wide earth from their own grassy beds. The River Granter a very English sticks, bends moistly through fertile green, singing softly the dead of centuries. In the churchyard, gatekeeper to old bones, younger dead, slumber, earth-wrapped under shallow mounds. St Mary's stands vigil for her own, yet shields the sleepers curled behind in their sky-shrouded rest. All creeds wreathe in a cradle, dark whispering branches, the mother's strong arms shielding her lost children from time. From time to time, the still-living beat time with their passing footsteps, both lullaby and funeral march. Lay me at Bartlow, between earth and sky, everyone is welcome
1: thank you and it just sort of emphasizes really what a challenging subject it is to take on in poetry where did you start
0: um again it's one of those questions i'm actually gonna be honest struggle to answer um i've always written about death it does crop up on a lot of my writing um On the fiction side of things, I do write fiction, uh, I write speculative fiction, which includes horror. So I guess it's not surprising that there's death and and ghosts and and things like that in there. Uh, But in poetry, death always seems to find a way in as to why. Again, it's something we're all going to face. It's something that's there. I guess I could point out that actually my father was an undertaker. So from a growing up point of view, death was kind of a fact of life. I grew up with it. It, it wasn't something to be feared. It was just something that, that happened. So again, it's it's something that's worked its way into the poems. And when I was looking for a collection, um, I hadn't a great particular theme in mind, but I was looking at all the poems there and thinking, you know, what themes are running through? And... Death was definitely there in the themes, as was a number of poems relating to the Orpheus myth, and somehow they just seemed to come together to make a coherent whole. And then, obviously, as a poet, you start adding poems that that build up the collection from there.
1: Well, congratulations on the collection Uh, out now, underword uh, by uh, published by Lapwing. That's right, Lapwing Publications. Lapwing Publications. So, what are you working on at the moment?
0: Um, I'm contemplating another poetry pamphlet, although it really, really is early days, so, um, but still playing around with bits and pieces and seeing if they gel. Um, I've also got a couple of novels on the go, uh, a science fiction novel, which I thought was finished, but as is the way of things, I've just decided I've got to re-edit again, and another novel which actually merges the science fiction theme of the one I thought I'd finished but hadn't, with the theme of witchcraft, which my previous series of novels, the Witchlight series, dealt with. So it's the coming together of... of Fantasy, witchcraft, and science fiction, which will probably give some publishers a headache.
1: So I don't know how long before that comes out. Oh well, thank you very much for coming in in today. Um, and I know, I know we're right by a cemetery here, as you may know. I know it's a very fine <laughs> cemetery. It's a very fine cemetery. It's a very nice photograph of it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so you can stroll back and maybe get some more inspiration. Stroll back through the cemetery. So, uh, Underword by J.S. Watts, by published by Lapwing Publications. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Cambridge 105 Radio.